produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. It's sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Mighty Marvel Geeks with the intrepid trio. That would be Mike, Kylan, and myself, Eric. I am uh, guys, how you doing? You're a group? I'm sorry. I thought you were Mike. That was a Mike channel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're always happy to have uh, guests come in and visit with us on the show. And uh, tonight is, uh, is one of those times. Uh, he is not the first MCU uh, guest that we've had on the show but he is the first from the big screen and he is also the first to have appeared in not one not two but three mcu films that of course being spider-man homecoming uh black panther and guardians of the galaxy volume two i met this uh, gentleman did i say volume two Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I met this gentleman at a convention in uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, about a month ago, and thought uh, thought it was kind of I thought he was part of the staff just setting up until uh, he shows up the next day with the uh, with the guest table and the and the banner behind him. I go, oh snap! <laughs> so uh, this guy's uh, this this guy's famous. So uh, he is a great guy, and uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce and welcome into the show, Mr. John Anderson. John, how you doing? this evening greetings programs old tron reference there for you <laughs> Staying with the Disney. i'm doing well man how you doing brother we're doing, doing great good. hey it's not every, it's not every day where we could talk to shran the ravenger oh <laughs> i'm all over the place, man. people talk to me all day long it's great <laughs> how do you be modest after a setup like that like yeah <laughs> oh, he's famous and he's cool uh, you know what it's funny because it's, I did a con and there was a guy and a little girl I don't know if I told many people the story it happened like three or four months ago I did a show and the guy's looking at all the stuff and he's like oh you know I was like can I help you with anything he said no we don't need anything from you and I'm like well excuse me you know it's like, <laughs> what but he's, walking, but he's walking away with his kid and the kid's only like six seven year old little girl man she says who was that daddy he goes oh don't worry about him he's just a little bit famous I said man I'm gonna put that on t-shirts and make a million dollars I did <laughs> but it's on a t-shirt it's a little bit famous uh, ow <laughs> I, I think that I think that's tonight's show title. A little bit famous with John it, Anderson. He's the famous. Just a little bit famous. <laughs> no, that, that 
That's a name for a talk show, actually. <laughs> I need to copyright that, I guess. Go, man. It's all yours. There you go. It'd be a great podcast for you, too, if you decide to do your own podcast. Uh, you know, it's, people have asked me to do a YouTube channel or something. I'm just so completely oblivious with all that. <laughs> I, just, I just actually wanted to do a show at one point. I thought about it. I was like, man, I could do a YouTube show or something or a podcast. Just people I find interesting. <laughs> could be famous people. Could be like a war veteran. Could be like a paramedic or something, you know. Just yeah. tell me a story. That that actually sounds very cool, and I I would be all into that. Um, being sure. the, being the history buff that I am, that's that's per, yeah. yeah that's that's a that's a type of history that you don't get in school. Well, that was my thought. It's like you know, I talked to a lot of these guys at these cons and stuff, and a lot of these other actors and voice of talent and all these people around the country. And it's like you know, it's, I find that uh, you know talking to a, like a World War II veteran would be just as interesting, you know, or yeah, yeah, you know, the craziest thing you've seen at the ER, you know. You're you're a police cop on the beat. You know what's the craziest thing you've had to deal with? That kind of stuff. I thought that'd be interesting. I'd watch it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, is it what uh, was it? Uh, Life is stranger than fiction, right? Sure, sure. And you can do all that other stuff too. But I just figured, you know, why does it always have to be a famous person? You do it to somebody who's just topically interesting. Like, oh, well, I bet you've seen something that I haven't. That's how I meet all you guys. People like you guys. Like, yeah. Like, uh, again, he was saying I was there the first day setting up something, hanging out with a friend, and then rise. <laughs> yeah, but, and that's something that you see that you don't see very often uh, when you know featured guests hanging around on setup day with everybody coming in to bring up their vendor booths or or like or, or, or these geeks who set up Lego builds and and stuff like that and. Uh, yeah, but I'm but, still a nerd, though, so you know, I was I was there just uh, scoping it out before everything got started. It's like, man, this guy's got some GI Joes over here. This guy's got a couple comics I need. This guy's got some some Nintendo action going on. <laughs> I, I will say I have I have seen some of your picks with the GI Joe figures, and I love them. Yeah, yeah, you you <laughs> capture some really great shots with them, and you know, I, I, I try to do. But my brother is really the one that takes the better pictures. He's like the pro photographer, and he's got the whole setup. So anytime he wants, it's like, let's take the girls out to Grandma's house. Well, I, since we're talking GI Joe, and originally GI Joe was a Marvel title, what was your, what is your favorite GI Joe figure that you own? Uh, Alpine. Okay. <laughs> Alpine, nice. Yeah, it's not expecting that. Was a buddy of mine, and I was talking to him, and I, the first time I met him, I asked him to do a sketch of Alpine. He couldn't even remember who the heck I was. He had to go look at his book real quick. Oh, yeah, that guy, the mountain climber guy, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking at me like Alpine. I'm like, he's like, you sure you don't want like a storm shadow or something? I'm like, yeah, you know. His best friend was Bazooka. Come on now. Yeah, that's it. And if you go on Facebook and look at any of those Joe photos too, it's always, anytime Alpine's in the shot, I always have to throw Bazooka in there next to him. <laughs> An occasional quick kick. <laughs> uh, you know what? Quick kick, may rest in peace. Quick kick. I, I love quick kick. I, I, I hated that he got the ending he got, although it was a hero's ending, but, you know, it's like... Oh come on, quick kick! Can you last it a little bit longer? But I don't. I don't remember who my favorite was when I owned. But the one I want to get now, only because I found out he's originally from Kissimmee, Florida, where I live. Is I don't remember his name, but it's a dreadnought. He's from Kissimmee, Florida. Right. Uh, I think everybody around here like uh, Beachhead because he was from Auburn, Alabama. I'm not going to hold it against him though. <laughs> I have. <laughs> 
He was the only one from Alabama. Larry actually told me a story that he wrote those file cards for those toys. You know, he'd always try and think, okay, Swamp Guy should be from Louisiana. And, you know, this this guy should be from Seattle and this dude should be from here. And then he said he got in trouble from Hasbro. He said, like, you know, what's the deal? So he started making everybody from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, where Hasbro is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go back to doing what you were doing. I always thought that was kind of cute. Like, make the guy from Kissimmee, uh, Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, or St. Augustine, somewhere down there, Tallahassee. There there is a a dreadnought from, I remember the the card. uh, It said he was from Kissimmee, Florida. I'm like, I need to find this guy. Uh, You remember when... over my shelf right now. I'm like, I can't remember which guy it is. I had to go back through and start digging there. I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I wish like, I had known that that he wrote those cards because I kept all of mine. And so, well, well, <laughs> well you know what was, it was? It wasn't like this much the file card. It's like it had the pictures of all the dudes on the back that were coming. Yeah. So you would get a marker and cross them off when you, you know, yeah, yeah. It was like pre Pokemon, you know, but with like little action figures instead. It's like, okay, yeah. I got Blowforge, I got Zanzibar, I got Duke, I got Snake Eyes. I, I even got the guy from uh, Cooperstown that uh, the grenade launcher guy who taught in baseball lingo all the time. Oh, yeah, hardball. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. He's one of the slaughter marauders, man. Rock and roll. <laughs> I forgot about them. Oh, I was listening to uh, this album today, and this guy did a song about Steeler. But he, but uh, it was about it was actually the story about when Steeler went over to the other world. Right. He says uh, I think the song is called I'm uh, I'm the wrong Ralph Pulaski. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I was like, is that is he really Steeler? But yeah. Ralph Steeler Pulaski. And I remember that that episode, it was a two-parter. Yep. Right. Because yeah. G.I. Joe lost and Cobra had taken over and he fell yeah. in love with him over there. And I think he was sick and everybody thought he was going nuts or something. And yep. had poop sweats the whole episode. They all thought something was like crazy going down. <laughs> and then, yeah, he yep. decided to stay like, because um, it was him and Clutch. I can't yeah. remember. Dusty with him or something? I, I, no, what I, Dusty? I, I want to say it was Breaker. It was. It was yeah. Clutch, Breaker, Breaker, and Steeler. And um, and uh, Steeler decided that he would stay, and Clutch and Breaker went back. Yeah. Sure, because he fell in love with a chick or something, like a Baroness it, or something. It was the Baroness. It was. because and she was, Steeler, she was Yeah, she was Resistance, and Steeler was. And the way she figured it out that he was not the right one is because the the Steeler from our universe had a tattoo on one arm, but hers had the same tattoo on the different arm. Yeah. Man, see, now, you know, th- there were moments where the G.I. Joe cartoon was on the same quality as the comic. You oh, know, yeah. there were stories like that. There they were, they were like the same quality as the comic, but there were others that were just so, I don't know. Okay, I admit, I know, I understand why they couldn't do it, but it drove me up the wall that, uh, that uh, whenever a Rattler blew up, you saw somebody eject just before. I'm like, really? Well, I mean, I think that was standards and practices in the 80s. Yeah. They wouldn't love uh, it was. Yeah, I think that's why they brought in guys like bats and, you know, these are battle android troopers because you could just mow those guys down by the thousand and nobody would say a word, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, got the robots. Okay. Yeah. yeah, bring in the robots, bring in some kind of lizard man. It's fine. You can just, you know, hit them with a flamethrower. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the X-Men cartoon, though, in the 90s, the original animated series, the, the one from Fox Kids. It's like, I think that's why they did Sentinels because, I mean, Wolverine's essentially kind of useless if you can't have him tearing some 
somebody up. Yeah. They even tried to sneak him onto an episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah. yeah. What and was the accent? He, they tried to make him from down under. Oh, you're talking about, I think that was a pride of the X-Men. They did that uh, mini shoot, uh, that yeah. mini cartoon. It was like a pilot and it never took off. And then a few years later, I think they did the X-Men animated series. Yeah. It's no, actually kind of crazy. There was actually a live video, but uh, yeah, I just bought this the other day. It was pretty good. The, uh, Previously on X Men, oh. the uh, guide just oh, dude, book. it's amazing, man. Eric Lewald, awesome stuff. Met him at a con, signed me a copy of his book. That's it's awesome. all the stuff he did in the X Men TV show. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and I found out who the dreadnought is it's Crusher. Crusher. Ah, Crusher, okay. There you go. And the the Dreadnought version was a 2004 con, con exclusive. Yes. Ah. I mean, you know, like the, the Dreadnoughts, though, I think my favorite was Road Pig. I mean, that name just said it yes. all. It's just some yes. with yeah. a cylinder block <laughs> Warhammer. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> It was a war, it was a cinder block on a stick. Yeah, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm like 41, but when I was a kid, like the when you were at Toys R Us or Walmart or Lionel Play World, wherever it was, and you were standing in front of that like 12 feet mecca of GI Joe figures, it was always kind of broke down for me. Like, who had the coolest weapon? Like, yeah. oh, Dial Tone got an awesome backpack. I'm getting him. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm I, I'm a little bit older than that, but at some point you just realize you don't outgrow GI Joe. No, no you don't. No. It's kind of a sham, too, because it's over. There's no production for G.I. Joe right now. There's no toys. Look at that. Bam. Everybody's whipping out the preciouses on the uh, Marvel Geek Show tonight. <laughs> I, went, I went to a local convention, and they had a, a G.I. Joe cosplay group there. So these guys got together, and I guess they went to some kind of warehouse or something, and they got somebody to do a photo shoot. And so I, I, I donated uh, to them because they were, like, uh, collecting for uh, a veterans charity. And so so I was like, G.I. Joe, have you met me? So, yeah, I was like, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for G.I. Joe. My, my Pinterest is like G.I. Joe foul cards all day long. That's awesome. Speaking of We're cosplay. Joe Fest in the West of Georgia. Yeah. That's going to be killer. Yeah. You guys ever have that one, the two-day Joe Fest? That's no. the slide in the house. Oh, man. No. We got to go. Yeah, oh, Kevin yeah. Young, uh, Storm Shadow is going to be there. Hank Garrett, played Dial Tone is going to be there. Oh, we 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 need to do a mighty Marvel geek invasion of, of some other conventions that are that are. There's a Transformers convention we need to go hit too. And that started off with, with Marvel. See, I, I asked somebody, uh, I asked a friend of mine. I said, "Who you think would better? Who who would you think would throw the better Christmas party? Shield or GI Joe? Oh, GI Joe." <laughs> G.I. Joe, yeah, no. Colson can't fix gumbo. Ah. So, yeah, gu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Roadblock. Okay. The southern uh, chef. Yeah, you got so, Roadblock. Roadblock. You got Dung Ho. Yeah. yeah. Barbecue. He was, uh, he was a cook. Yes. Yeah, he was like the firehouse. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. So they would, oh, well, then, and, oh, and you know, rock and roll. He, he, he's, a, he, he's a guitarist on the side. So, okay. Gunder is a drummer. Who is? Thunder. Thunder. How is Thunder? Well, yeah. there you go. Okay. You know what? I stand corrected. I was thinking it would be Shield. I was wrong. <laughs> no. Sorry. As long as uh, as long as long uh, General Hawk isn't there, because I get the feeling that he might be a little too, you know. Upper crust? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, speaking of cosplay, uh, John, that's what got you started into acting, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, actually, it was. I would uh, dress up as the Joker or Batman or Chewbacca. Or, you know, I'm like six foot eight, so there's always the tall stuff. <laughs> Vader, or, you know, something cool. And I, you know, we do children's charity events and fundraisers and things like that. And I went to the audition, and they said, you know, have you ever have or do you have a problem wearing latex or face paint or anything? And I just kind of handed them a photo of the Joker, and I remember the lady going, "Okay, we can skip that part and move on." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm doing it without you paying me. So, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So I always kind of think it's kind of ironic. I got my start in film because of uh, cosplay. Who knew? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask a question here. It have Are there any that you have cosplayed that you have just said, you know, I would love to do this for real, this character for real up on the, on the big screen? Uh, yeah, the Joker, obviously. That'd be a lot of fun. But Joaquin Phoenix looks like he's going to kill it. <laughs> Yeah, that the other day. No pun intended. Like, yeah, uh, I guess it should be a Marvel guy, right? <laughs> well, uh, Cyclops the movie. He was my favorite uh, of the X Men. Uh, see who else would I do? Uh, if I had the mustache here, I'd make a really bitchin' Wild Bill. I think. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And I did call them once or twice. I had the big handlebar mustache and the six shooters and the flight suit and the cowboy hat, and I was just like, "Ah, screw it! I'm going to go out as Wild Bill this week." Well, I I am hearing Hasbro's redoing the GI Joe franchise as part of their new cinematic. It my I, you know I, I, as I understand, it's like a Snake Eyes origin story. I hope it does I, well though. I think that's the first one, and but the, I think they're kind of the Bumblebee thing where they're going to try and go back and like, okay, let's just reset the counter here and yeah. uh, start from scratch and come out with something cool. I know He-Man's got a movie on the horizon. That'll be yep. cool. You know, that right. Uh, Micronauts and Visionaries are supposed to be a part of that, that as well. Micronauts and Visionaries are supposed to be a part of that as well. Visionaries. Holy yeah, you know, Visionaries are cool. Could you imagine yeah. with the 3D tech we've got now? Have the yeah. hologram thing? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Man, it'd be cool to finally to, to see their, uh, see their, uh, their, uh, yeah, the armory. Yeah. Cause that yeah. would just be, cause that was almost like GI Joe, but like magic based. Yeah. yeah bro kind of lost the ball though. It's like he had Joe's and he had transformers in theaters. It just seemed like the natural progression would have been mask the movie. Yeah. You know, you would have gotten the best of both worlds. And yeah, that, that's, that is also supposed to be part of the Hasbro cinematic universe. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, G.I. Joe using transformer technology. That's you know, what he's doing. Which just happened. Because yeah. uh, Venom, uh, Miles Mayhem, the guy who was over, uh, so was, I guess he was over Mask in the comics, but then he went rogue and hooked up with uh, Cobra Commander and took some of the Transformers technology and then took it over to and created Venom. And so Mask right. is sort of like an offshoot of G.I. Joe. But yeah, so I was like, that just wrote itself. I'm like, why did we wait so long to figure that out? But um, What I found, December 15th, 2015, Hasbro agreed with Paramount on a deal creating a five-property movie universe, which I know has been expanded to six, to include G.I. Joe, Mask, Micronauts, ROM, and Visionaries. Rom the Space Knight. Rom the Space Knight, also an old-school Marvel comic book. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they'll have the breaks in that. <laughs> so yeah, that, uh, that'd be awesome, man. I'd, I'd love to see what the Hungry Hungry Hippos the movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I agree. Let's let's start pushing John for Wild Bill. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Be all for it. Actually, the one I get all the time too is, is I did that thing that Stranger Things episode, a couple episodes. Yeah. Of Stranger Things. Everybody saw that photo and and they were like, "You need to be the tall man in a Phantasm remake." And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." Yeah. <laughs> I I'll agree. That, that's what I said when I saw you in 
when I went and back and, and watched you in, in Stranger Things, I was like, ooh. Get that photo across Don Coscarelli's desk, like, hey, brother, let's do a, let's do a reboot or a, re- uh, you know, prequel something. Let's go. Yep, yep. <laughs> Just run around in a suit that doesn't fit and call everybody boy and be creepy all day. That'd be like the job for me. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of like Joker light, but that could work. Yeah, it really kind of would. Just like the longer string your hair. And I think I have the receding hairline for it now, too. So, rock and roll. Let's do this. Oh. What was that Guardians that um, your cosplay got you the role or was it something for one of your TV shows? I think it didn't hurt, you know, because I guess they saw that photo and, you know, I explained to them, you know, I'm not like a weirdo going to Walmart like this, but we do these charity events and we do these like three comic book day events and we did things and they thought, okay, well, he's obviously cool and he can handle this all day. And to be on truth be known now, you look back at it, you know, two or three years ago, it's like that what they were talking about and what I was doing were two totally different worlds, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, there were some 17 hour days wearing those masks. And it's oh, my God, you're talking about, you know, it's you know, I was just painting my face with a little, you know, party city grease paint, you know, but they're, you know, they're doing like three and four thousand dollar masks, you know, glued to your face. This latex. Is, it was awesome, man. Yeah, did they, though, I loved it. <laughs> did they give you any? backstory to uh, to your character at all other uh, than actually, he's a ravager and he's uh, turning against Yondu uh, you know really it just kind of came down from direction from like the AD and James Gunn they just uh, you know they had a few of the guys in the movie like Taserface and Oblo and some of those dudes <laughs> that were actual characters at one point or another and the rest of us you know when we were doing rehearsals like we just were supposed to come up with our own little backstory and, and just kind of go from there so that's where uh, Shran is my Star Trek reference into the Marvel Universe <laughs> 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 my, uh, my, one of my favorite actors is Jeffrey Combs. I don't know if you know who that guy is, but he's been a hundred different guys on Star Trek throughout the last 30 or so years. I mean, the guy's done everything, but was, my favorite one was Gon Enterprise. He was an Andorian named Shran that would run into Captain Archer all the time. So I just, they asked me what the name was going to be, and I said, I'm just going to call him Shran, and nobody caught it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> How did? So just looking at the Shran, uh, the picture, your character picture, uh, what is that? It looks almost like uh, your skin has been attached to this robotic beetle. Yeah, it was like cybernetic stuff. I wish I had a photo with the lights turned on, too, because that thing was really cool. They, uh, these makeup artist guys are like the most amazing, talented people on the planet. You know, you just I'm, I'm sure it was like a meeting. You know, somebody told him, hey, draw it like this. But it was a, a Hurtarian was the race of alien that he was. And there was, uh, no, I just, from what I'd always understood is it was never a Marvel character. It was just something James came up with and he just really digged it. So he threw it in there and they came up with this. The, the makeup guys actually jokingly called us the cybernetic werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Sure. Yeah. I was like, all right. I think there was only like two or three of us in the movie too. I know there was like a couple of Lemonhead guys and some other various dudes and the pink face guys. But yeah, he, he, he definitely dug the little Hertarian looking guys. There was, they were cool. I mean, it looked cool. It was neat. It wasn't pleasant. You know, they put this big thing on the back of your head and it's got, you know, batteries and everything else. And you kind of feel like a bobblehead after the end of the day. You just kind of, <laughs> that was the worst part because you couldn't really sleep. You know, it's like if you, you couldn't put your head back because you had that cone thing with all the lights and you couldn't put your head against the wall because you would tear the mask up 
So it was an endurance run for sure. <laughs> How long did the makeup application process take every morning? I would show up at 2 a.m. and have to be good to go by 6 a.m. That's 100 percent, you know, in the suit, space suit with the helmet, the mask, the everything's ready to go. So wow. it was about four. When we first started, it was four hours and two guys. And by the time they got to the end of it, it was one guy and like, you know, two and a half, three hours. So they got progressively faster every time you do it. I guess you kind of, you know, I've heard stories about Terry Farrell on Deep Space Nine and uh, Westmore could just go in there and do the spots on her head and her neck like every morning just off of sight. You know, he, at first he had like a stencil that he would use, but he did it so many times in so many episodes that, that he could do it in his sleep by the end. <laughs> I think it's kind of what happens with a lot of the makeup guys. You know, they're, just, they're such talented people. It was awesome. Just listening to this, some of their stories were great. <laughs> they were just awesome people. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to ask, how long did it take to come off? Uh, if we were basically trying to speed through it, it was about an hour to maybe an hour and a half tops because it's glued to your face. They had to use like an acetone and just peel it back a little bit at a time and it came off in sections. And Sadly, wow. they would shred them the night and throw them in the garbage. Uh, Lord did, knows I keep one though. Did <laughs> like, like after, I don't know, a certain number of days, did your skin get irritated or did you just... No, get- you, you, you know, you had to take care of yourself, you know. It's, and then if you ask anybody who's been on like a Walking Dead or, you know, one of these like space movies or done one of these heavy makeup jobs, anybody who's been in that makeup room will tell you like or had that applied to them will tell you about the hot towel and that's like the holy grail at the end of the day when they get it all off they have these towels that they would microwave and they get them super hot they just lay them on your face and it was like the greatest thing ever <laughs> but I have heard stories about guys like Michael Dorn who played uh, Worf on Star Trek he had like permanent skin damage where he wore that turtle shell for so many years and so many days that it finally just started destroying his forehead and his skin oh wow but uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's literally like you would go back to a hotel room and you would shower and just lay there in front of an air conditioning unit and you know get up and do it again the next day <laughs> but again it's a marvel movie for god's sake it's oh, like yeah. you know I've been, reading comic, uh, I've been reading comics since i was four years old man so it's like just to be on that set doing anything you could have told me to dive off the soundstage into the pavement and i probably would have been like Heck yeah let's do it yes <laughs> oh, so yeah most people would have said yo hey i got to be in a marvel cinematic universe movie Movie. you know my my life has been you know my it's been complete i can die happy now but you have been <laughs> in three i mean how do you manage that <laughs> Uh, you know, that that was funny because, it's you know, when Guardians 2 was wrapping up, uh, and I almost worked on Logan there, too. I got hired to be a, a stand-in for Caliban on Logan, but I couldn't oh, do it. Oh. And I went and interviewed and down in New Orleans and worked on that for a day or two. But uh, I came back, and then I ended up playing a second character on Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a little bit of trivia. I was actually two guys in that movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was on uh, Xandar running away from the big blob thing at one point, too. They were like, oh, we can just repaint your face a different color and give you another outfit, and you can just go run for your life. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to oh, yeah. go drag out the Blu-ray and, and, and search through it. It's kind of like, oh, there he is. You'll see a couple of guys going through it. It's, you know, it's, it was, and that's kind of what happened with Spider-Man Homecoming, because, you know, you're filming this stuff in one of the sound stages, and then, you know, literally across the lot, you're firing up Homecoming, and it's, you know, they're building the one. Washington Memorial back there on the back lot. You know, it's like, okay, this is really rad. And everybody goes kind of a, uh, hey, we haven't seen your face. You want to go do Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
Here, twist my arm. Yeah. yeah right. I, just the funniest part about that is most of the stuff I did on that movie got cut out, which is kind of heartbreaking because that was always my favorite character growing up, like Spider-Man. I think I have like three weird obsessions in life, and it's Star Trek, G.I. Joe, and Spider-Man. That is. <laughs> and the Blues Brothers probably got thrown in there if you want to round off a five, you know? Uh, all right. <laughs> but, uh, we'll take that. But, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, it, I just remember it was July in the middle of Atlanta heat. You know, it's anybody who lives in the South knows what all about July. July heat in Florida, oh, yeah. Georgia, North Carolina. It's terrible. You know? I remember we were gonna they were gonna have some guys get killed in the explosion at the Washington Memorial, and it's a couple of us standing around, and they were like, "Who wants to Who wants to get covered in cement?" And uh, the, the the injured victim guy, and everybody's kind of going, eh, "I don't want to do it. It's hot. I don't want. We'll give you a couple hundred bucks. Oh yeah, hey, I'll do it. You know." It's like so- <laughs> I just remember they came up with this like can of 3M epoxy like spray paint glue or whatever it was, and they just started hosing me down with the stuff took like a half a bag of cement and poof and they're like all right now lay there okay all right my makeup <laughs> artist is quick a week later though you get the the, the second ad call you know the, the call that says hey man we thought about it um spider-man kind of has to save everybody and we're gonna not use any of that <laughs> like and you want to be mad but at the same time you're like ah yeah you're right, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. black panther i straight up begged to be in there <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was a huge uh, Reggie Headland fan who wrote some of the definitive Panther. Of course, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, amazing, amazing storytelling. And I just figured, you know, I'm like three for three at this point. So I just kind of called them. And I said, look, man, I'd love to get on the Black Panther. I love the comic. I, I love this about it. I've been reading it since I was like 10, you know. You know, I just remember the casting director. She said, uh, you know, John, I love you, right? I said, yeah. She said, not a lot of six, eight white guys going to be running around Wakanda. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I get it. No, no harm, no foul. But she what? said, if anything came up, I'll, I'll let you know. And if you watch the, so the post credit scene came up at the UN and she said, we need reporters. Do you want to be a reporter at the UN? So if you watch the post credit scene, there I am taking photos and doing my thing. There you go. So <laughs> you a great guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I got to ask the question, right? Uh, are there any other characters that, you know, that you would like if, if, Kevin Feige called you up tonight after you done this recording and says, (laughs) we want you, we want you to be in uh, a movie. You get your pick of characters. Who are you picking? I don't know. I'm kind of getting old and fat now. So it's hard to like, you know, I guess the easy answer would be like, you know, maybe somebody from the fantastic four or something. I think that would be pretty rad. Again, I like the, the makeup job. So I figured if I could be like an Annihilus or, you know, or a Terax or something like that, or, you know, like a herald of galactus that would be pretty dope i mean how many could say that you know you got the guys like ronan the accuser kind of showing up i mean these are like d card characters that are popping up in these movies and becoming a list so i thought that would be really rad i don't know man that's a tough call it's uh god there's just so many i want to play stan lee i want to do the stan lee cameos in honor of stan that was one of my all-time heroes uh, I literally cried all day when that happened, and it was just the most terrible day ever. Yeah. I don't really get bummed about celebrities passing because, you know, it happens. But Stan yeah. Lee was hard, man. Stan Lee did not feel like a celebrity. No, no. Uh, or he ever, didn't feel like he thought he was a celebrity. It, you know, Stan, I, I think people, I've met him a couple of times over the years, and it's, it's he had a superpower. He was a mutant. He was one of the X-Men. And if you ever met him, his superpower was that if you talk to him for more than, like, 12 seconds, you'd swear he knew you your whole life. He was just, uh, he had that grandpa superpower. I don't know what it was about him, but the guy was magical, man. Man. Uh, it, it was a drag. Yeah. 
the day I the day it happened, I I've been playing um I've been playing uh the Spider Man Spider Man game and uh and okay so well I guess it's been what six months since that game is out so spoiler alert. Aunt May died. Okay, so I just, I, I got through the part where Aunt May died that morning. And that part was just heart-wrenching the way it was written, right? And so I'd recover from that, me and my wife talking, and then she tells me that, and I was done for the rest of the day. I was just, it, yeah, it, it, it's sometimes even now yeah. to talk about it, you know? It was like Uncle Stan, man, you know? It's just, yeah. it's like a family died. It was somebody that would have been with us since we were kids, you know? I can go back to, you know, all the way to those old Spider-Man, you know, those 60s uh, Spider-Man cartoons that he used to narrate. They used to come on PBS all the time when I was growing up. You could watch them on uh, like the electric company. And Yes. God, yes. Spider-Man and Morgan Freeman on a kid's show. <laughs> any better than that? It's the, it's a I think it was like was, I think it was like, what, Fridays you got the Spider-Man episode, so you had to yes. haul butt home to school so you could catch the Spidey. It was the same, like, you know, footage of him climbing the same wall, like, every time and they throw like a net on a guy and it was, it was so so bad but it was awesome Spider-Man and was- he never spoke he would just flick his head up and then this word balloon would pop up yes right yeah, yeah it was that was the classic kids today don't understand what they missed out on dude and it's like this is so cheap and so terrible I'm like yeah but it was so great it's yes. so good see and it was like I, I love the incredible hulk i mean how completely amazing was that movie bruce bixby yes. stuff is a core running around on hulk awesome stuff oh, of oh you know love a marvel movie i got it i would love to be the leader in a marvel movie Ooh. 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 well I, to have that you just training. got a triple ooh from the three of us that yeah, i think that's I like well i was you gonna know, yeah, yeah. I was going to the Fox because there's just this whole magical thing that could happen right now with all these villains that we could get, you know, like a proper Galactus or a world threatening Dr. Doom. How great would that be in phase yeah. four? Like Modoc, a little floating head, you know I mean? I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer for far from home, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, we're getting like an actual Mysterio. Like he's got like the eyeballs and the pantaloon arm yeah. guards and the holy eye, man. I mean, like this is a good day to be a nerd, man. Well, I was going to, ask you how's your cajun accent my cajun accent i'd not no don't don't do it i know what you're trying to do no not gambit but part of the thieves guild oh nice nice black tom cassidy or something that'd be kind of dude dude show the tat Huh? Show the tat. Oh, yeah. It's... You've got Magneto tattooed on your arm, and that is just amazing. Uh, and just for the record, that's a Jim Lee Magneto. Yes. But it has Kirby dots to keep it real. <laughs> that's a true nerd right there, man. I was just scratching my head. Yeah, look at that. How that's long did awesome. you how long did it take him to do that? There you go. There's some more. There's some Batman and Spidey too. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know. You know what? We had we well, we had Amalgam. You remember Amalgam, don't you? Right. 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 Oh, Amalgam. Yeah. They had uh, what was it? Dark Claw, Wolverine, Batman. Yes. Yes. Oh, Rocket is crazy over here. <laughs> and uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield, and yeah, it was good. That was and really my cool. My favorite. My favorite of all of them, Lobo the Duck. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I love that whole thing, man, because they did that. It was like a fan vote in the back of Wizard magazine. Uh-huh. You had to vote who would win. And honestly, like you go back and look at it, it's like, would Wolverine really beat Lobo? I, I want to say yeah, because I love Wolverine, but it's like my heart tells me no, but I still voted for Wolverine anyway because he was way cooler. <laughs> I'm like, and who says they would actually fight rather than just sit around and have a, like 3,000 beers writing that particular story and that particular arc in that series. I would have been like the Wolverine Lobo fight to me would have been like a drink you under the table match. Like they would just sat down and start throwing back beers until one passed out. And It'd that be would like, have been unbelievable. You know? it, it would have been like the, the drinking scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, where they're just sitting there doing the shots and finally the guy just falls over backwards. Right, right. right. Ale, though, because there's nothing on this earth that's strong enough for the two of them. True, mm, his healing factor, and uh, well, they did that. Uh, was, I want to say it was like Jason Aaron, really, really talented Marvel writer. At one, you know, God, the guy's stuff is amazing. But I want to say it was him. I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't quote me on this. But there was a story where, like, it was uh, on Wolverine's birthday, he found a mutant kid that nullified powers. So every year on his birthday, he would go hang out with this kid so he could just get trash drunk, you know. And with this, and he, and that was the only reason he was friends with this guy. But every year. On the, and the whole story was through this guy's eyes like okay yeah next week it's coming up Logan's going to come back into town looking for me and the whole time you're thinking he's going to get like jumped and no he just wanted to go out and get drunk with this dude because it was the only way he could but, uh, you know awesome. Jason, Jason Aaron's also from Alabama by the way he is uh, we've met him a couple times he used to come into Kingdom Comics and still does occasionally I think he did that comic series that was Scalped is that another indie book that he was working on at one point possibly remember that. So. you think, hang uh, out with comics here too. what's that you hang out at Kingdom Comics Oh, yeah, it's like my other home. <laughs> it's like, Brock, yeah, you got to buy books somewhere, man. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hey. Best place for me to find them. You know, they've got it. You know, I stayed away from drugs and drinking and all that nonsense growing up. The only drug I ever had was comics and figures. I, I collect figures. There you go. Wednesday to Wednesday, right? Wednesday pull day, man. Got to get in there and get the meat. It's like if you're a geek, if you're a geek and you're into comics, it's like Christmas every Christmas. Well, you know, it wasn't even that, though. When you go to the comic book store, and especially like Wednesdays, it's like that's when you knew all your friends were going to be there, too. So even in high school, it's like I'd missed everybody all week. It's like I'll catch you on Wednesday afternoon because after class, I'm going to get my bike. I'm going to ride downtown. I'm going to get my books. You know, and that, you know, I was so long out of high school since I've been going in there but yeah it's that that was it i think the place i went to was in longmont colorado if i remember i was dreams unlimited comics there was an old guy there named chuck that would uh this old hippie dude and uh just this weird guy but he didn't own the place he just ran it for these guys and uh he would always just be like slow throwing me books like hey man have you ever heard of this thing called the tick I'm like no no i don't know <laughs> yes. real quick ben edlin man the genius of Ben Edlund in the tick <laughs> in yes. any incarnation. And if you haven't watched the Amazon Prime series, it's amazing. Uh, you know, as soon as you got off, off the fact that it wasn't Patrick Warburton anymore, the new guy is awesome. I love the show. That show's fantastic. The favorite for me will always be the animated version, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I think I have the perfect character for, for John, especially sure. if Leia Thompson gets her wish and produces and directs a Howard the Duck movie. You You need to bring in the circus of crime, and I see John as Griffin. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that, actually. I wouldn't want to be him, but no, I know. That's awesome, actually. 
have we I don't have, Griffin, Griffin the clown yeah that would be pretty have, special man. we haven't had a show where Howard Duck has not figured in anywhere have we no there's been a few <laughs> have there yeah I think you we're, know, I'm not, we're, we're batting about 55% uh, you know I, I was never the biggest Howard the Duck fan I mean I saw the Leah Thompson movie back in the day but I did think it was insanely cool that he showed up in Guardians I thought that was like hey look at that I, I appreciated the fact that he showed up in Guardians I didn't like the look of him in Guardians you know and that's one of the things that's a weird thing when I tell everybody I said if you could have gotten a picture with anything or anybody when you were on those sets I said I wished I could have had a photo with Cosmo the, the sheriff of nowhere yeah that was the only you know they take your cameras from you they don't want you to take in pictures and stuff and I get it but like if I had my way Stanley comes through whatever you know Joe Crisada whatever Kevin Feige all these great people Pratt I wanted a picture with that dog so bad I couldn't stand it I was just like <laughs> they had him in the astronaut suit on a set one day and I was just like oh my god I wish I could have just got a snuck if I was going to sneak a photo of anything it would have been the sheriff of nowhere because I mean like how many old school comic fans would have even caught that I mean I don't even know people that watched the first Guardians movie that caught him in the collector's yeah I, I, I mean I, you guys are Marvel geeks but you know the average Joe is like why is there a cosmonaut dog in the middle of the junk pile there it's like it's not I, I, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of mean eyed stares in the theater because you know Rocket passes by they growl at each other and I'm just laughing my head off and everybody's like what's so freaking funny I think I think I think the first time I saw him I'm like the laughing my head off I think I screamed Cosmo and people were looking at me yeah, and they're in nowhere so you almost it kind of begged and lent itself to like okay well the dog's gotta be here somewhere yeah. Sheriff of Nowhere's gotta be in here somewhere yep. but I was like if I could have had a photo of anything or anybody on that set it would have been Cosmo the Sheriff of Nowhere because that's the obscure nerd that I will, I've always been I mean how great would that 8 by 10 how great would that be on your wall oh yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, was, I was gratified that Disney and included him in the Guardians of the Galaxy playset. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was him cool. being the mission giver for Nowhere. Right. I love the Lego sets. Yes. I think it, uh, it's one of the one few drawbacks. I wish they would have done a Hercterian Lego man. I'd heard that they were going to do at one point that they had had a plan to do Ravager playsets. And I was like, well, how great would that have been? Like, I mean, a lot of dudes can be an action figure, but how many cats do you know that could say they were a Lego man? That would have been beyond cool. I'd love to be a Lego guy. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I have like a weird bucket list as an actor. It's just like, you know, sometimes the parts you do are background. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. You know, it's just part of the game. You know, you got to kind of do it all. But I have like these weird challenges for myself. It's like, okay, you did the Marvel movie. That's awesome. You did the horror movie slasher thing. That's great. You know, what's left? Okay, well, I got to be a Klingon on Star Trek at some point because that's just too cool for school. You know, I'm 6'8". I've got this giant forehead. It's got to pay off somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, I've got to be a Wookiee for a Star Wars movie because I'm again so tall it's just begging that I get into one of these suits and, and be a Wookiee or some kind of weird uh, alien of some type you know it's like uh, I, I need to be in the Charles in Charge reboot uh, <laughs> no I'm kidding I made that part up <laughs> I'll give a thumbs up for that man because you know why not okay. I, actually, I actually worked on MacGyver a couple of episodes and I was asking the guy I'm like man are they going to bring back anything else like some Airwolf or some Knight Rider or anything <laughs> can I get in on those Airwolf would have been awesome 
awesome. Yeah. You see, and Wolf would be a really great remake right now. They did Mag, what Magnum PI. They've had MacGyver they come back, it. but uh, did MacGyver or uh, did uh, Magnum PI last? I don't know. I I didn't catch any of them. I saw uh, they had the Ferrari. Going. It's the first season. It's still going. Sure. Nope. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. Bring back like yeah, like uh, what are we gonna bring back like Airwolf or BJ and the Bear or something? You know, let's oh BJ I and the Bear. Love, I love from them bring back Airwolf because well, you know, Airwolf. <laughs> you know, and, you mean, mean, the technology we have now. There's a lot of these shows that are begging to come back and, and do something awesome with them. I know they've tried to pull Knight Rider back out of the grave a few times, but every inter- incarnation of that, it's like it's not got the Hoff. It's not just not gonna work, no, man. Oh no, uh, no, no, no. No. It's a magical man. You can't do an eye rider without him. Let's bring back Sequest. Sequest. Nice. I could see that. I could see that. And I, and I see John on there too. Same thing in shows. Right. What, what what shows can I see John on? Uh like already or what shows would I like to do if they were coming well, back? Is that- C- Sequest more is more, more the latter, yeah. <laughs> Sequest, I'd love to see you on. I, I see you as part of the bridge career. I've always wanted to be like a cartoon character. I thought that would be a lot of fun. I need to get a worth job. I need to be a, a cartoon of some sort. That's, an, again, on the bucket list of like, what do you want to do? Uh, I, I need to be in like one of these Gundam or Dragon Ball Z type things or something awesome. John Anderson, he's over 9,000. Here, here we go. We know Di- writer, star sheriff. We we know Disney Plus is coming November twelfth, and I've been making my pitch for as long as Eric's been on the show for Howling Commandos. How about a Ravengers series? That, that takes, would be serious. That would take place pre Guardians. Yes, and, uh, you know I always thought that would have been a killer idea too. I thought that would be a, a really like we're 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 uh, we need this to happen. <laughs> so, but uh, you know we'll see. The boss is back. Man, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't think there was any better news this year than James Gunn coming back to the Guardians Three. I'm absolutely stoked. Yeah, I, that, that I, was I, great. I, news. I, was I was surprised about that. I, I don't think we do it without them. No, no, you could. I mean, like the soundtrack wouldn't have been right. You know, there's so many variables to that movie that has to have the James Gunn dust on it to, to make it work. Yep. To try and do it without them, it just would have been meh. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm, they've got it worked out. Everything's great. We're gonna get an awesome movie. We're gonna get, and, and furthermore. As an artist, I just want to see the guy finish his story. I mean, I think that's the biggest part of that for me is like, let, let him finish his trilogy out, man. Let him let him make this happen. I agree. So. I agree. Now, Guardians 4, whether you have James or not, that's a whole other issue. But, I mean. But there's a jumping point there at Guardians 4. It's like, okay, well, you know, you could use Stallone in that group of the original core of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You had like, what was it, Martin X, Charlie 27. Yep. Uh, you had. Uh, Nikki. Uh, what's her name? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was, there was a bunch of them. I think that was kind of like the tease there for a while too it's like hey we're gonna do this next so, so yeah that would be cool. i had to explain to my son who all these people were as kind of like these are the characters i grew up with at guardians these these were my guardians right here of course none of them look like stallone but still i didn't even see the original guardians in the theater and i was a comic book fan and i was i'm ashamed to say that now but at the time, I was like, like, what were they? Was, I just kind of wondered, what was the pitch meeting at Disney? Like, were they like around the table saying like, 
you know, Warner Brothers is doing really great with these Lord of the Rings movies and these talking trees. What do we got like that? And they're like, oh, well, we got Groot. I'm like, oh, really? What's Groot? You know, and, the, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Like, and he hangs out with a rocket, and they're like, excellent. We can make dolls and toys. This is fantastic. Green light guardian of the galaxy. I am Groot. I, really, I, I have to think that really Gunn just got as far as here's a raccoon with a machine gun. And they're going like, does he talk? Well, yeah. Oh, no. My, I'm losing you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> so while you, the listener, don't know, we, we had a small technical glitch. But prior to coming back on, we started talking about Pink Floyd. So I'm going to pass it back over to John and go, John, give us your Pink Floyd moment. Uh, oh, well, you know, they were doing the head cast for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and they're trying to, you know, they stick straws in your nose, and they're putting on all these plaster things. And you can't sleep either. That's the other thing. It's like, because, you know, you could have a stop breathing, and they'd never know it. Your head is covered down to your shoulders in this plaster mold so they can build these amazing masks and the question I always got was like, well, how do you deal with it, you know, not being claustrophobic? And I was like, well, you know, honestly, it was because I knew Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon is like 45 minutes long-ish from backwards to forward. So to keep the time and not go kind of stir crazy sitting there, that's what I thought in my head. I was just listening to Dark Side of the Moon, you know, in my head. It's like, okay, I know if this song's like four minutes and this song's three minutes, you kind of had a gauge because you can't hear and you can't speak and you can't see anything and you just kind of have to meditate yeah. all this thing's this thing's going on you know and if you freak out they got to pull it off and it ruins everything and it's expensive and i'm sure that would be an easy way to get canned but so yeah that's how i did it pink floyd got me through the head casting <laughs> pink, pink floyd's been a big thing in my life uh the first show it was the show my wife and i met on uh i was the sound designer and the audio engineer for the show so what i incorporated full on the hill in the nice. clo- as the closing closing uh theme for the show the show we did was uh oh uh dark in the moon it was about this character it's a west virginia tale um about a witch boy and and how he falls in love with a local mountain girl and uh so i I went with that but i would do my sound check i would get there like a half hour before before call so i was was there an hour before show run through do do my sound check and everything and then just throw on a floyd album and then make sure all the lights were out in the room and lay on the stage just take a quick nap before show. Yes. Zero zone. Yeah, yeah. It's like the best thing ever. Like Pink Floyd, it's, it's awesome because you just need to relax. That's it. You can't relax and listen to Eclipse. There's something wrong with it. I would love. I would love to see Pink Floyd have a song, or I would love to see Pink Floyd used in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. You know, that's a kind of a weird thing too. Every time I go to cons and stuff, everybody asks, like, well, if you had your choice of songs, it's like, man, I don't know. I could, I'm not qualified at this point. I mean, the soundtracks are characters to themselves in yep. those two films. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things. It's like if James wasn't here, <laughs> it would be nearly as good. Well, I think that what was it the other song that we we pitched that we wanted in Guardians Two was Tom Sawyer by Rush. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But even then, when they showed up in Infinity War, like they had Rubber Band Man. I mean, like who would have yeah. thought of that? Like yeah. You know, well, the, the Russo brothers talked. Talk sorry, the Russo brothers talked to James Gunn, and he gave them like a short list of songs to use sure and it's on it and what's great is it is disney and it's like hey you know this is what we need this is what we're gonna get and it's <laughs> you know I, I had to thought about that too like there were songs that i was like man i would love to hear that in there i'd love to hear that but yeah man i mean 
mean, he's pretty much covered every bat. I mean, who gets Fox on the run? I mean, come on. Like, that's <laughs> true. And, and he will pull some deep tracks on you. I mean, just like right. that one. But one of the coolest things, too, is like, you know, we're doing the uh, the forest scene, and he was actually playing that Glenn Campbell song over the PA while we were looking <laughs> in the booth for the Southern Nights. It's like, you know, I've, you know, if you live in Alabama, you've heard that song a million times. Now I literally have heard that song a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I think when yeah, I was doing that I, movie, one of the coolest things ever is like I knew what the soundtrack essentially was going to be for the movie hit. And I was like, so great. It's such a great song. It's so awesome song. So I got to ask, because uh, working for Disney myself, I, w- I work at the parks here in Orlando. Um, and Bohemian, Ra- Bohemian Rhapsody is a song that I've heard so much. I'm kind of sick of. After hearing Southern Nights for so many times while filming, did you get sick of it for a while or was that just one? I was like, no, I'm okay with this. No, no, I was all right with it. it you know, the, it was funny because when I was working on Guardians, I was still working at a grocery store and it came on about every three hours in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I think if anything, I think I got tired of it anywhere. I'd been uh, listening to it at Publix on a regular basis, but no, it, it's still a cool song, man. I, I had not <laughs> heard a song in years, but then all of a sudden it popped up on, on it popped up in, Gar- in Guardians too, and I was like, I loved this song when I was a kid. <laughs> Everybody did that, like the Jackson 5 thing, you know, and all these different songs. You're like, oh, man, I haven't heard that in forever, but it's still great. Yeah. The other night, uh, the other night I was uh, looking through some of the uh, one of the streaming uh, networks and they had uh, the first two seasons of Highlander the series on. And so I've been like watching it. And uh, I think somewhere around the fifth or sixth episode, uh, Pat Ben shows up as an immortal. And so there's this fight scene and I remember her being in the series but during the fight there's one fight scene they start playing cherry bomb I for and all of a sudden I'm like I want to watch Guardians again because <laughs> I had I had forgotten that that song was you no know, that 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 song had been anywhere be- besides the Guardians soundtrack but now whenever I hear it I just associate it with that uh, with that album or, or with that movie or pretty much all the songs including the animated series for some reason they all go together regardless that they're all different uh, different genres you know. It doesn't matter that one is classic rock or that one is soul or that the other one is, you know, uh, what have you. They, they all go together, and I can't explain. I, I don't have that kind of talent to pick songs the way he does. I, I just would love to see what his, his uh, what's on. But any of these sound guys come, you know, these guys that do these movie soundtracks. The one I always remember, he brought up Queen, and I always remember uh, Iron Eagle with Louis Gossett Jr., where the kid would put the tape in his, uh, and he'd start dive bombing everybody in that F-16. One vision. One vision. Like complete, complete farce. Like there's no way this like 17 year old kid is gonna steal an F-16. But you know, you didn't. Who cared? Because Queen was on there, and it's, it was rad. Yep. And of course, you can't. You know, Flash Gordon. I mean, come on. Sure. You know. Well, interesting bit of trivia. Uh, that album, uh, a kind of magic. Sure. The, it's a one vision is on there, and it's the only track that was not used in Highlander. The rest of the album is essentially 
especially the, the Highlander soundtrack. It, it really, yeah, I wonder if whoever owned the film company was like, well, we used all the other one. We already paid for it. Let's throw one vision in the kids' tape deck, and we'll just use that. <laughs> well, I know that. Uh, that song is was- awesome, man. It's, it's like yeah. one of my favorite Queen songs. It's just if you can't get pumped up in the morning to that song, I mean, Lord help you. You know, what are you going to do? But, uh, it, yeah. Was- it is on my motivational playlist when I go play hockey. I, I'm a sure. goaltender, so. Uh, you don't think- that that's one the that's one the huh? Oh, go ahead. I, 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 I say, that that's what that's one of the songs that I have playing uh, to get me get me in the zone for a game. Okay, right. how about how about I want it all? Now, if that doesn't get you pumped up, I want it all is awesome. Man, I I, I was it now like my my wife is a mu- is she she loves her musicals right, and so uh, she had taken me to Mamma Mia, and and it, it was all right, you know, and and Priscilla Queen of Desert, and I was. Uh, that was all right. Hey, don't forget but, your favorite there, Kylan. Magic Mike. That, that, you know what? No. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, man, I, I actually met Janning Tatum on the set of a movie, and, and it was kind of cute because everybody was giving him crap. We were doing this carnival scene, you know, and they had one of those strength things where you hit the sledgehammer and the bell and the pole, and you had to hit the, you know, the, you know, the strength thing or whatever. I don't know what that thing's called, but it's you hit the little target, and the thing goes up the pole and hits the bell at the top. Right. And everybody was ragging on that dude, like, all day long. Come on, Magic Mike. Mike, let's see it. Let's see the muscle. Come on, Magic Mike. Just right, rag him. And he finally did it at the end of the day. Boom, one shot. Hit that thing. Turned around with, like, the biggest grin on his face. And was, the only thing I could do, the other thing was, like, roll tide, man. He turned around, roll tide, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Logan Lucky who did that. <laughs> it was that's pretty good. No, good I, why why you why you have to bring up Channing, man? I just anyway. And the, he was a GI Joe, man. <laughs> you know what? And he brought the conversation full circle, man. We brought GI Joe into it again. <laughs> what the way he did to Duke? His I I, I no, I'm not gonna go that, off. That's what ha, that's what has us fearful of what he's gonna potentially do to Gambit. Yeah, yeah, no. Is he still running for that? I mean, is that still a thing? Because I thought that all got kind of went the wayside. Like, See, we, I, I, we, I don't we, let anything go with the X Men short of Deadpool. Like, I think it's kind of an open field now. Like, we're not, you know, like most of they're going to recast everything, and I'm sure go back to an origin X Men story, and they need to. I mean, I love the first class movies. I thought those were awesome. I thought the cast was awesome, but it's like as much as I love Hugh Jackman, uh, he can't keep doing Wolverine. You're going to have to trade up here sooner or later, and this would seem like the logical jump off point for Disney to like, okay. We have the X Men. Let's do a well, they, fresh take. Well, they have said Dark Phoenix is it that right. that's going to wrap. That was um, I think we talked about this last week. If not, I talked about it on one of my other shows. Um, New Mutants is still a possibility because Disney had it on the list when they were at CinemaCon uh, right. so, within the last few weeks. New Mutants is still a possibility. Uh, and I guess there's, I guess, uh, Gambit is still being looked at and reviewed for consideration to be done. See, I, and I know that I was reading that, like, everything with the X-Men after Dark Phoenix is kind of null and void after that, with the exception of Reynolds and Deadpool, which is right. brilliant. Don't mess with that formula. Just let them keep doing its thing. That is yeah. probably the easiest business decision on the planet. Yeah. Right? 
And, and it wouldn't be that hard to bring Deadpool into the MCU. No, it wouldn't. I mean, hey, just breaking the fourth wall on that whole thing would be priceless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime when you're... Guy, man. You know, a lot of people bagged on those Wolverine movies, too, especially Origins, but I liked, you know, Origins. I liked the uh, gambit they had in the second Wolverine movie. I thought he was really good. Was it Wolverine? Was that Origins, or was that the second or, movie? Origins was, was, was Origins. with yeah. Gambit. I mean, he was... Hitch, was that his name? Uh, yeah, Taylor Kish was uh he was a good gambit. I like that guy. No, I had I was okay. yeah, that whole scene where he's like, do I owe you money, friend? No, then I have a seat. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, that's Gambit right there. See, yeah. I, I think he did a good job ca- channeling the character, I thought. Right. We, we, I just, like, some of these guys, they pick some really good dudes, and then you just kind of never really... I would have loved to have seen Liv Schreiber come back and play uh, Sabre yes. one more time. Yeah. He was really good. See, I, when I heard that there was rumor of a Gambit movie back in the early 2000s, um, after seeing Armageddon, I said, yes, bring him on. And that was Matthew McConaughey. And I, I wish they followed through on that one. Right. You know what I would love to have seen, too, you know, you mentioned it. If you're going to do a Gambit movie, how great would it be if Robert Downey Jr. came in and played Mr. Sinister? Ooh. Yeah, he has the look, man, and he could pull off that really sharp supervillain with that arrogance and everything. Oh, my God, he'd be amazing. But it never happened. But how dope would Robert Downey Jr. be as Mr. Sinister? Well, why not go with the old um, with, with the person from from TN, TNA Wrestling who was uh, Sinister Minister uh, James? Oh, I can't think of his last name. Kevin Nash is Mr. Sinister. <laughs> hey, he was Shredder. You know, I mean, why yeah. not? Why yeah. not? <laughs> One point, he was a Shredder. You know, Super Shredder. For that matter, wasn't there a wrestler in the last Ninja Turtles movie? Wasn't it? Uh, what's his name? The uh, Seamus. Seamus, yeah. Like, wouldn't he what, uh, Rocksteady or something? Bebop, one of those two? Yes. Uh, I think he was He was one of the two. Bebop. I don't remember which one. I think it was Bebop. I don't remember which one of the guys he was. But, yeah, he was in the movie. Yeah, why not? Kevin Nash, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Kevin Nash, no joke. I thought he would have been a great cable yeah. for the uh, Reynolds movie. He wanted, like, a big dude with that buzz cut and like, age appropriate. I thought he would have been really killer for that movie. Yeah. James, wow. you know that's good. James Mitchell's who yeah. I'm thinking of. Oh, right, nice. Yes, he would make a great sinister minister. Considering that yeah. was one of his monikers in uh, ECW and, and TNA. You know, I love it. So, like when you see some of these wrestlers that are like comic book geeks. Isn't it nice when you see any celebrity that's like a comic book geek? Like, yeah, it's like hey, one of us. Yeah, like Zack Ryder from the WWE is like the biggest geek on the roster. You know, <laughs> he some comes bu- out in Ghostbusters trunks during pay per views. I mean, how awesome is that? <laughs> I inter- I interviewed on one of my other shows, Christopher Daniels, who is a huge comic fan. And he talked about how he took Samoa Joe to Marvel offices around the time Marvel Unlimited started. And he walked in and goes, who do I talk to and kill in order to get my my uh, Marvel Unlimited account fixed? Because it keeps messing up. <laughs> do they fix it? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there is something about how you know seeing these seeing these uh these uh, celebrities that you no know, most people think oh they're so cool or but they're like you know what don't touch my comic book collection <laughs> like I, yes you get it you know it's like I you know it's it's almost like I remember reading somewhere that Elvis Presley was a huge Captain Marvel fan Sh- Shazam fan that's the reason why he had the short cape and really? 
Interesting. Whole thing was, um, you know, taking care of business in a flash. You know, he had that lightning bolt with the TCB oh, on. Straight, re- straight reference to Captain Marvel. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Did they actually change the name of the character for the movie because of Marvel? I mean, was that? Well, does anybody know about that? Because I, I, I saw it. I was like, when Shazam, I was like, I thought his name was Captain Marvel, but I guess that would be a bit confusing for the non-consumer of comic books. Yeah. Well, in the comics, okay, so like the cartoon, well, the the comic book is titled Shazam. Was the magic word that turned Billy Bath right? Bath guy right. So he can't say. It. Yeah, Billy right. Bath. Yeah, he can't say it. But I think what they did is in the comic he's referred to as Captain Marvel, but the comic book itself is called Shazam. Because I I remember watching like when I was a kid, and remember they had that live action Shazam series, and it was like coupled with ISIS. Um, remember so was, Billy? Buckle up. <laughs> so he was called Shaz- like the TV series was called Shazam, but he was referred to he was called Captain Marvel yeah. in the show. Now I think that's what they do now in the comics, but I'm there, there's, I'm honestly- a, there's a whole backstory behind uh, the whole Captain Marvel, Marvel and Captain Marvel DC. Yeah. I think I think that there, it has something to do with why for the longest time it was Captain Marvel, the actual character. Yeah. So. Well, it it actually started off with the fact that DC was not a, was not the original creator of Shazam. Right. Right. It was Fawcett Comics. Right. And they stopped making. Yeah, in the fifties. Uh, in the sixties, Marvel Comics trademarked the name Captain Marvel. And so when DC licensed the Fawcett characters in uh, the early 70s, they had the character named Captain Marvel, but they couldn't call the comic Captain Marvel, so they used Shazam for the title instead. Gotcha. Speaking of comics... I was going to say, speaking of comics, before we let you go, what are your top three Marvel books you have to pick up each month? Uh, uh, well, obviously, you got to keep up with the Spider-Man stuff. Um, I was reading Green Lantern there pretty heavy for a while. I, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I try not to really get single issues anymore. I just usually wait till the trade paperbacks come out so I can just get the whole thing. Cause I'm, I'm, I binge-watched TV. I don't watch a TV show until the whole season's available, and then I can just go right through it in three days and be sad for the rest of the summer. <laughs> Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, but it's that's why I love like Netflix and you know some of these shows. It's just like I could just watch the whole thing because I have such a weird limited amount of time. I can tell you my like top three favorite books of all time. Okay, that I bought. I've got you know uh, what would I say was like the best comic series. Uh, Blackest Night from Green Lantern was one of the greatest stories ever told. Jeff Johns was amazing on that. Uh, you know, finally Blackest Night came. If you've never read that, you got to have that in your arsenal somewhere. Uh, my favorite all time book. Hands down, though, is Punisher meets Archie. Greatest comic book ever written. Yes. Yes. <laughs> on my wall right over there right now. It's like hanging on the wall. It's the stupidest idea I've ever heard from a book, but it's like the greatest comic. Jughead with a pair of Mac 10s. I mean, how much DLC do you need? to buy into this. But uh, yeah, Jigsaw goes to Riverdale to hide and Punisher in his war wagon follows him there and wackiness ensues in Riverdale with a Punisher and Jigsaw and Archie and Jughead. And <laughs> it's like, 
Uh, and that kind of ranged right up there too with Powder Toast Man and versus Spider Man. That was another great book. I, I always I love oddball stuff, man. This <laughs> is like so, like why, man? So would it? So it would behoove me to to uh, add Archie meets the Punisher in my collection if I can find you can one, yes. dude. It's, it's the biggest turd ever, but it's the best comic book I've ever read. I love this comic. I have like multiple copies of it in case I lost it. That's how much I love this book. <laughs> I was at a convention when I first heard that was going to happen. <laughs> and you were like dumbfounded, like what? Yes. It's kind of like you're you're kidding me, right? Because right. this is never gonna happen. I did Art Eats Kiss, and I have to admit it was pretty dope. I, I right. it, it was it was it was crazy, but I was like, I'm kind of loving this more than I should. So I'm open to Archie and the Punisher. I just didn't know. Now that I'm thinking about uh, Jughead with Mac Tens, I, I gotta read this. I'm telling you, man, this is the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like it's- you gotta do it, dude. You See, gotta do it. And I think I think John John would appreciate a lot of my previous picks of the week picks back when I was picking stuff like dupe and that whole five issue run of his mini. Mm. If he likes oddball things. Oh, right. No, I mean, uh, again, going back into it, like the amalgam stuff was cool. If you could find trade paperbacks and that stuff, definitely. And we were talking about that earlier, like the, uh, the crossover, the Marvel DC crossover. If you don't read that, there's something wrong with you. Cause I think one of the greatest bits of that whole thing was Batman versus Captain America fought to a standstill. And yeah. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I was like, you couldn't really pick a winner between these two and that was the best way to handle it yeah you know i can see robin beating up jubilee i get that i saw you know Hulk getting beaten up by superman i get that but i was like cap and, and batman you, you i think somebody would have burned down the city of new york if you had done that incorrectly yeah you know <laughs> there was one fight that we that we saw start but never got to finish that i really wish we had and that was superman versus juggernaut Oh, that was cool. Ooh. Bruce Wayne, Agent Field. He broke it out. Look out. Look out. <laughs> Super soldier. Look out. Super soldier. <laughs> I, I looked out. I found these two books in a shop, like in the discount area. They had no idea what they had. Also, really like the Onslaught storyline from a few years ago. Professor X goes like crazy and starts murdering everybody. I mean, that yeah. was a crazy book. The Avengers uh, Civil War. Uh, if you, you have to have the Avengers Civil War. That was great. Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. That's up in there. Is awesome stuff. Bruce Banner coming back. Uh, you know, we kind of touched on it in Thor Ragnarok, the film. They kind of put the seeds down for a Planet Hulk. But yes, and, and I love that. That's what they're doing. As I understand it, Universal still owns the Hulk rights. Yes, and yes, is that, yes. But he can't have a standalone. So they're kind of seeding. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's story through all these various movies. I think yeah. that's pretty rad. Yeah. I hate I hate to say it, it's getting close to the end. Where can people find you online? Uh, John Anderson actor on Facebook. I'm also uh, Brother John 1701 on Instagram. Uh, throw a rock, you'll hit me sooner or later. I'm too tall to miss. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll come back in a few weeks and we'll have some other stuff. We should have actually talked about movies, I guess, but I'm just, like I said, a big turbo nerd. And <laughs> just didn't get a, you picked Dude, the wrong guy, man. You're welcome back anytime you want to show. Just give us a call and say, hey, I can I, can I sit in this? I'm very next- blessed in this life right now, and I think it's kind of rad because I feel like the nerd who made it in, you know? It's like... <laughs> You know, like you said, three Marvel movies, and you know they weren't the greatest, biggest parts, but I was there, man. That was awesome. <laughs> was hey, so cool. 
that's three more than we're in. And we and, there you go. and we keep and asking we and we keep asking for Mighty Marvel Geek references somewhere in the in the movies or the shows. We got one. Did you get one? I, 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 it's unofficial, but I counted. Agents oh, of Shield. Oh yeah, the heel, the the bus. Yeah. So we all right. So do you ever watch Agents of Shield? Uh, I've stopped when they went out into outer space. I think I've just fallen behind. But I, it's not that I didn't want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. Well, you you remember they they had the big plane that they that was their mobile uh uh headquarters the called the bus so right. so in our uh, in this world we we uh we li- uh were based out of the above ground underwater suborbital little volcano layer and i was rooting around in the basement and i found a vw microbus and i took i took an uh, old turbine engine from an old helicarrier and i attached it to it so we can have something to get around in it's called the Hellabus. and so like that was sort of like the running joke for us and we go with it all the time well in the first i think it was in the first episode once they get back from space they hide basically they they uh carjack a vw microbus to, to get somewhere I'm like, of all the vehicles you could you could hijack, you hijack a VW microbus, I'm counting the reference. There's an old joke in the comic book stores that uh, Marvel might and Disney might all the insides of the comic book stores. So never, if you have a great idea, don't do it in there. Don't tell your buddies about it in this comic book shop because somebody's listening and it'll happen. Somebody will come up with it. Like, you know, we need we need a floating hover bus, a hover VW hover bus, <laughs> microbus. You know what? Hey. I actually did a Lego version of it and and maybe they've seen that online. I don't know. That too. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on and joining us. Um, hey, man, this was cool. Again, I always like chatting with uh, my my own t- kind of people about nerds. <laughs> and anytime, anytime you want to come back, give us a holler, and, and you're welcome. You're welcome to sit in with us. Just throw up, yeah. throw up that geek signal and. Hey, we'll we'll come calling. Yeah, like a little sausage uh, bat signal type thing of a sausage in the sky. It's like us, oh, the trick talking me. <laughs> it's the That's sneaky beat symbol. <laughs> well, again, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, go check out John. Was play the Where's Waldo, but Where's John in Where's uh, Brother John? Where's Brother John in uh, in Guardians Two, in Spider Man, in Black Panther, and uh, make a game of it and go. Oh, I heard this guy. If you're on my Facebook, uh, my actor page, yeah, the first you know things come out all the time, and you do these things like a year, or two years ago, you know, you kind of forget about them, and then you'll get like a message or somebody will post something like, "Hey, were you just on this TV show?" I'm like, "Yes, you are," and you get a T-shirt. So yeah, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> people t-shirts the little trick talking me t-shirts <laughs> so it's like bonus it's like where's waldo but more me <laughs> <laughs> so on that note jarvis if you would please all wrapped up here sir will there be anything else nope just time to go dark about that little show back there, but we thought it best to break it to you slowly.